You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good evening, Metro Region. Good to see everybody. Good to be seen by everybody. Good to be together tonight and have our midweek service. And uh, as you know, today it is raining, so there's a little bit of noise in the background. I'm in uh, Metro Vision Studio A, also known as Turnwell's Garage, and so we can uh, uh, we can hear the rain pretty well. So, but uh, we'll make sure that we we've got some good sound going for us. But I'm excited about uh, tonight tonight's study, and of course we've been on this series. But I want to say a couple things before we jump into that. Um, uh, if you, uh, you hopefully you'll get in the bulletin um, some invitations for this Sunday uh, service. We're gonna ha- we're starting a series on finding. God, finding spirituality, finding peace, um, and this is a special series. This is this is not a normal series. We've got four invitations set up for you. Um, this series is very much for uh, church for our non-church friends, you know, and that could be our family, our neighbors, our coworkers, uh, anybody, um, and 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 the whole church is going to be geared towards them, or the welcome is going to be to them. The sermon's going to be to them. You know, everything's going to be towards them. Now, I promise you this, you're going to get some good stuff out of it. Because the topic this Sunday is uh, uh, finding spirituality. And and so there's a lot about spirituality that's great that will help us as Christians. But I'm approaching it from uh, a perspective of reaching out to people who don't go to church. Or people who are looking for a church. Or people who don't think about God but need to think about God, you know. Um, uh, uh that, that changes things up a little bit. It's really in the spirit of Acts 17 when Paul spoke to the Areopagus. And, uh, you know, credible sermon, never mentions Jesus. Never, it doesn't use any scriptures. <laughs> now, I will mention Jesus. I do, I do have some scriptures, but not much. It's going to be more rational thinking and present presentation. So I just want you to know that, um, you know, all of us have relatives. We have friends. We have coworkers. We have neighbors that... We just can't get, to, we could never get them to church. We've invited them, we've invited them. They're just, they are scared, you know. And this will be a great, something great. And and there's a lot of statistics, there's a lot of research done that shows that even though a lot of people are adverse, hostile even about coming to church, but there's still, most people are still seeking spirituality. And that's why things like yoga and things like Eastern mysticism has become so popular, you know. And that's really sad. I mean, not not the yoga. Yoga's great, but but what's sad about all this is that that Christianity has deep spirituality, deep things with uh, deep history with meditation and and all the things that people are looking for. That are people are hungry. What they want is a connection with God. They want a connection. They want their soul to to be connected, and that's that's. There's all kinds of issues of how people are craving that, but they're not interested in church by and large. They're not interested in church people, churches. Um, so this is a way to get to that crowd and get them to connect. You know, so I want you to know that because service is going to be a little different, and I don't want us freaking out. You know, I want you. I want us to understand that. The other thing is, I just want to kind of plant a seed right now. We need to get ready. We're, we're we're going to start doing uh, events and things that will engage each other as safe, you know, as, as we can and as legal as we can, you know, following the law, following all the safety precautions. But things, thankfully, are starting to loosen up a little bit. 
And so we're going to be doing some things that, and if you got any ideas of, we're looking for outdoor places we could meet. We're looking for, um, you know, whether it's parks or outdoor auditoriums would be fantastic, you know, or even parking lots where we could do a drive-in kind of church service, you know. So any ideas you got, any places you have in mind, please let us know. Um, that would be great. So I want to jump into a little review. Actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and say a prayer because this is a big topic and uh, we just need the Lord in this. We need the Lord. So let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for caring about all of us. Thank you for putting up with all our our sins and our stupidity and our weaknesses and our struggles and our fears and and just loving us through all that, God. You're so devoted, Father. You're such a good father. You're such a good dad for all of us. And help us, God, to be mindful of your presence. Help us to be mindful even that you're in this class with us. And Father, help us all to be remembered, to be humble in in all that we do, knowing that we are living our lives in your presence. Uh, we love you so much, God. Please bless our study. We're tackling some tough issues. And, and, and I just pray that you'd help us guide me along that I say what needs to be said, that I don't say what I shouldn't say. And that, that, that I just say what your, that your, what your will would be father. And, and that we pray that your will be done with all of us, God. We love you so much. We thank you. And please bless our time of study. Jesus, then we pray. Amen. So um, I'm going to do a quick review. Um, you know, we're tackling these very, very intense subjects. Um, uh, I put a lot of emphasis on equal value and equality. Why? Because that is what is in the Bible. And that is what has been neglected for many, 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 many centuries. Um and as justice is rolling across our country, uh, it is it is reaching all kinds of different areas in a biblical sense. You know, it is reaching whether it's race relations, uh, generational differences, gender differences, all these things. They all fall into the category of justice simply being treat everybody fairly, love everybody equally, do not, uh, do not pay, pay special attention to one over the other. Do not ignore the cries of the needy. All this stuff that justice. This, of course, we got this week in the justice conference. I hope you're going. Um, quick review. You know, we talked about being careful of the pendulum. You know, beware of of the 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 reactions. You know, church church history is full of reactions. That's how we got a lot of denominations. You know, one church was way over this way, so people broke off, started a new church, went way over this way, and kind of their goal is to not be what they were before, and that is a huge mistake. God calls us to continual repentance, not continual reaction. The difference is repentance is focusing on God and doing his will, making change for God, not making change for me or how I feel or what somebody interprets or something. It's changing things to, to please God. Um, beware of extremes. You know, that there's, we have that um, tendency to want to go extreme, you know, and, and, there's always extremes out there, and they can be very, very dangerous. You know, if you want, well, how do I know what balance is? i tell you what balance is. Jesus is the balance. Jesus is the perfect balance. You know, and even in his day, there were extremes. There was there was extreme Pharisees. There was extreme um, uh, zealots, you know, that were, that actually be, basically became a terrorist group. And, and those were extremes. And here's Jesus in the middle, both challenging the religious system like the zealots wanted to hear, but also challenging sin like the Pharisees wanted to hear. But it wasn't trying to please them. He was just doing what was right and true all the time. 
Um, we talked about being aware of dualism, you know, that, that our tendency is, is, you know, right or wrong, black or white, us versus them. I'm right, you're wrong. Um, we're, we're good, they're bad. Uh, you know, that's, that's our tendency. That's our, that has a lot more to do with us than it does with God. Um, it has a lot more to do with us trying to be secure and feeling like we're right about everything and everybody else is wrong about everything. It feeds right into narcissism, which is a huge problem in everybody, but especially a problem in the religious world where, where it's all about me and how I feel. And truthfully, a lot of Christianity today has gone that route. It's consumer Christianity. You know, have it your way. It's like they stole McDonald's uh, theme and, and it's all about what well, services we provide for you. You know, and, and, and people go searching for churches that are going to serve them. You know, that, is the church going to serve me? And a lot of us even think that's the right way to think. You know, what's the church doing for me? But the Son of Man did not come to be served. He came to serve. That's the right church, the church that calls us to serve and give, not the church that's trying to make sure we're happy and, and we're being served and we're being given too, but the church that helps us to be givers, to be sacrificial in good ways, you know. So watch out for the dualism. Um, there's, you know, Obviously, you even look at the, the, the Bible heroes, they all had good and bad in them. They all had to deal with stuff. You know, they were all uh, both slime buckets, but also want to be heroes, want to be like Jesus Christ. Um, a restoration of uh, a further review. Okay, so um, we looked at Romans 14, which is a very important chapter in some of the issues we're dealing with in the church today. Very important chapter. It talks about disputable matters. You're going to hear that tossed around a lot. You know, because everybody's talking about if it's a disputable matter, how do we handle that versus a doctrinal matter versus a a factual truth, right? This is what the Bible says, you know, and we're going to talk about that too. But um, but that in disputable matters, and there are many, there are many, um, we got to accept whose faith is weak. I mean, Paul said, you know, the, the context of it, of course, was was uh, the brothers eating meat sacrificed to idols and probably eating pork and you know they were probably having carnitas burritos and and um, the Jewish brothers were horrified by that and Paul talked about how do we handle that because we want to fight for what's right I have the right for this and this is what's right and what Paul called them to was really he said let us therefore make every effort to do what it, what leads to peace and mutual edification building each other up you know that's that that it's 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 that is incredibly important that even when we face off with each other and brothers and sisters will face off with different views that love rules because love covers a multitude of sin because love never fails and and we have to not look at each other as enemies god no you know no we can't look at each other as the enemy we certainly shouldn't treat each other as the enemy, especially when it's, especially when it's a disputable matter. You know that and that's what Paul's plea was to the early church. And of course, in verse twenty-two, he says, "So whatever you believe about these things, what things, the disputable matter stuff, keep between yourself and God." And I know that it's it's very hard to grab. Well, what exactly is a disputable matter? I mean, I'll give a simple answer: is that it's. It's what's disputable, you know. It's what it's what we. The Bible doesn't clearly say left or right, and some are going to read and think, "No, I think he wants us to go left," and some are going to read and think, oh, "No, I think he wants us to go right." And 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 it, it ranges from things that are clearly ambivalous. Ambivalous. The word the the root of that word is ambos. Two. There's two options. Two things that are ah, it's mostly this, 
to other things that are I'm pretty sure it's this because that's what you know most most people see it as and and that that are that are scholars and da 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 and that's that's why it's important to pull in scholarship and then it, it gets to now I mean I know people are going to argue the other way but this is clearly what's right you know take an issue like baptism it's it's clearly right we I mean we have our faults in the ICOC and we got things to change but but we got baptism down and that's the biblical teaching and that's correct but um but other people see it differently even though that it's fairly clear there so there's a range there right we talked about um you know watching out with with that duality but there are times where things are dualistic there's light and there's darkness there's satan versus jesus there's right and wrong there's good and evil there's truth and lies there's love and hate that is there absolutely but that's in god's realm of things right um you know uh well i gotta keep going because i don't get stuck in the review um and and uh, you know this scripture, First Corinthians four five. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. So be careful what you assign as right and wrong. Make sure it's what God assigns as right and wrong. We have that's why humility is so important in all this, because we want to be right and wrong. We and, and and then sometimes it goes to a savior complex where I'm going to save the church. Wait, the church already has a savior. <laughs> the church already has a savior. Listen to what the scriptures tell us to do. To not dispute, to, to to sow towards peace and unity. Speak the truth. Yeah, some truths need to be spoken. They need to be said. But it doesn't mean you need to draw lines and make those that think different are them. And those that think like me or see things like me are us. Um, the only us and them are the ones with God. You know, Jesus said, who's my, my mother, my brother, my sister? Whoever does God's will is my mother, my brother, my sister. That's got nothing to do with conservative, liberalism, political views, none, none of this stuff. It's, it's who does God's will. That's his family. So we got to be careful we don't jump on the judgment. The Bible, it's oftentimes clear, wrong and right. Here's some things that we must not do, for just by, based on the scriptures we read. We must not argue over disputable matters. Oh, but it's so tempting to argue. We must not judge before the appointed time. They're wrong, and that person has bad motives, and they're just trying to do this, and, and they're just old school, and da da da, da and, and they don't understand, and da da da, da, da they're just a product of generate. And, and all those things may be true, but when we throw judgment on it, and you can hear it in my voice when I'm saying it, you know, we can be like, if with somebody we love dearly and deeply, we say, oh man, I don't think he's getting that. I don't think he's understanding that. But if it's not somebody we love, oh, he's wrong and he's totally deceived and he doesn't get what he's talking about. You understand the difference. And that's those are all things of the heart, which is really what Paul's directing us at in this dispute in Romans 14. Don't jump to conclusions prematurely. Wait on the Lord. You know, I mean, there's some issues. Honestly, I'm just being real here, being honest. Okay, I just warned about that statement, um, about being real. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be as honest as, and humble as I can. There's some things that I still got to pound out and figure out what exactly do I believe. You know, and I have my tools. And I've got my Greek Bible, my Hebrew Bible, my interlinear Bible, my, you know, my Greek study Bible. And, I, and I'm digging through some things just to make sure that I can get as close to being right on this as I can. And even still, at the end of the day, there may be things that I understand later that might change my mind somewhat. There are a lot of voices in the fellowship. There are a lot of voices in the fellowship. There's voices that are saying, I want change now. I want it now. 
There are voices in the chat fellowship. I want to understand more. I just want to understand this. There are voices in the fellowship. What's the problem? What's the problem? Why is everybody raising a ruckus over this? And there are voices in the fellowship that I want the good old days. I want the good old days that weren't necessarily good for everybody. You know, the good old days when, you know, kind of like the Archie Bunker song, when men were men and girls were girls, you know, and, and you know, and, and the good old days wasn't good for everybody. There was a lot of junk that happened. You know, well, the good old days in the church when we knew that we were the ones, we were the saved ones, we were right, and everybody else was wrong. Those weren't good old days. I mean, there were good, a lot of good stuff happened in those days. I got saved in those days. I got help. I got loved. I got, I got so many blessings, like a lot of us, right? Like you did. But there were things that needed to change. And we should have the good new days, you know? Uh, can't we all just get along? There's, there's a voice out there. There's some brothers and sisters that are just like, what are you guys fighting over? What are you guys? And, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. But there's, there's a ruckus. And I'm getting emails. and other people. It's, it's not even so much our region. Because what's helped us is we've been studying this for a long time. You know, that we've been digging through the scriptures. And we've been hitting the issues. And we've been talking about it. But our fellowship... And, and, and so, well, why are you even talking about this if it's not our, so much our region? Well, these questions are in our region. They're just not huge like in other places. And our region, frankly, is pretty spiritual. It's very spiritual. It's very focused on pleasing God. And that's what's helping us get through these issues. Our fellowship is a very diverse fellowship, right? Jew, Gentile, male, female, poor, black, rich, white. Um, you know, I mean, we're, 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 we're all over the place. And we're blended into what is the church, right? And But, you know, that doesn't mean we don't have some issues in our fellowship. That we don't have uh, changes that need to happen. You know, there are changes needed. And guess what? There will always be changes needed. And sometimes they're just small adjustments and sometimes they're huge. You know, and that's, that's the way it was. That's part of, that's the beauty of being in a restoration movement. We're constantly restoring. I grew up in a church that it took them 1,800 years to have a Vatican meeting and decide that they were wrong about some things. That they had burned some people in the stake. on a, in a, uh, uh, Burned people at the stake. I said burn a stake. No, they didn't burn a stake. They burned people at a stake. And now they're saying, oops, we were wrong. You know, But it took them 400 years to admit that. You know, Thank God. I mean, I think we're slow a lot of times, but we're not that slow. You know, there's always going to be change. And, there, and, and some of these changes are definitely overdue. No doubt about it. You know, there, there are changes in our fellowship, in our churches. They're just, they're overdue. We should, have, we should have been aware of this because we weren't paying attention because some of the leaders were not uh, sensitive or not hearing the Spirit of God. We, we, we didn't catch on until things blew up. You know, and now we're playing catch up. And, 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 and there's different issues. There's, change is happening. That's a fact, too. Change is happening. We are changing. We've changed the structure of our church. We don't have the pyramid. We don't have the top-down leadership anymore. We, you know, we've, we've, we're trying to be uh, more equitable and include, you know, not just the church, not be all Americans running everything, but more. It's we're an international church. Over, way over half our church lives outside the United States now. You know, we tend to think the church is the United States now. You know, we've got more Christians that come from other countries than we do from the United States. Change is happening, but I also have to admit and, and take note that it's not evenly changing. There's some places that are way more progressive than other places. There's, there's, there's places that, you know, they're, they're just starting to make some changes. Other places 
that are well down the road. And we cannot sit there and judge each other. Because always there's going to be somebody farther down the road than you and somebody behind you. And we can't be turning around throwing rocks at everybody behind us. Because guess what? We're behind somebody else. And we don't appreciate them throwing rocks at us. Right? Um, no one person has all the answers. They don't. We've got to watch out for hero worship. We have that in our culture. Oh, he's a leader. Oh, she's a leader. Oh, they're wonderful. Oh, they're so great. They're so, they, you know, and we tend to, we tend to put leaders on a pedestal that, and that's not good for them. And it's not good for the church. Now, that doesn't mean we don't, we can't be thankful. We should be thankful. We should be respectful. We should be grateful for, for our leaders and, and make their joy, a, make their, their work a joy, just like the Bible says, but don't worship. They're just people, Right. And, and sometimes, you know, we get into that, I follow Apollos, I follow Stephas, I follow, you know, uh, um, you know different people that, that the Corinthians were struggling with. Watch out for that. Um, reaction is dangerous. It's dangerous. You know, the, the, it's very, very important that we're focused on repentance, not reaction. When I say repentance, I mean that we're being transformed, that we're changing, we're becoming more and more what we should be. I learned a lot. I'm I'm a person who's who's always tried to stand up for the justice and you know very sensitive to uh, racism to prejudice and I've taught on it I've done workshops on it and uh, in, in the ICOC in different places but I tell you what this year opened my eyes and I've learned a lot about how to deal with racism and injustice and prejudice and I've I've learned a lot and I'm not I'm not I'm still not saying I'm arrived but I've learned a ton. And I'm learning more and more. So when we quickly react to something, whoa, hold on. You know, careful there. Careful there. This takes this takes some meditation. This takes some transformation. And let's be careful here. Repentance is always good. Repentance, having the question, what does God want? That's always good. That's always a good question. If you're going to react in any way, react in a way that I'm trying to repent. I'm trying to be more like God. I'm trying to be more like Jesus. And I'm trying to help people be more like that, more like what the Bible says. You know, there are major tensions that are working out in our fellowship. And I don't mean just at Metro. And it's in Metro a little bit. It's in the Los Angeles church. It's in the ICOC around the world. And and because of social media, we're very connected. I mean, if something happens in Philadelphia, everybody knows about it in, in South Central LA. You know, if something happens in, in Jakarta, everybody knows about it in, in Ohio. You know, I mean, it's just, we're so connected. So what is affecting our fellowship does affect us. Um, and these are the tensions we've got to deal with. Of course, race relations. We've been talking about this the whole year because it's such a huge subject. It's such a huge subject. The political divide. Oh my gosh, that is so tested our fellowship. And honestly, some of us just cannot see how others would have that political opinion or would support that leader or would support that group. We just like, what in the world? You know, the gender equity issue, which is another part of justice, you know, that that how women have been treated, how women have not been heard, how women have not had a seat at the table in, in leadership. And I'm not even talking about the controversial scriptures. I'm talking about just even what we know that could happen we haven't done. And, and you know, I have to have the humility. I have to see that I've been part of that problem. So I've got to change. And, and so do all of us, and especially if we're men. You know, if you're a man listening to this, what do I need to learn? What is God trying to show me? That's why we're doing this study to help us implement the scripture. Somebody asked me, what's your intention? Are you going to appoint women evangelists and elders? No, I'm, my intention is to help us understand the scriptures. 
and to give us the tools we need to have convictions that come from God as much as possible. Helping the poor has been a tension. Man, I was in that battle with Hope Worldwide trying to get our fellowship to realize how important this is, that it is actually a salvation issue, that there will be people that go to hell because they ignored the poor. They ignored the cries of the suffering. It's not just a nice thing to do if you feel like being ultra-spiritual. This is at the heart of the ministry of Jesus. I mean, when the when Paul was going off to plant churches, what did they say? Remember the poor. I think our fellowship forgot the poor in a lot of ways. He said, well, don't we have hope worldwide? Yeah, we send a few people to go do a bunch of stuff and we feel great about it. What about the rest of us? What are we doing? And and that's that's a biblical issue. There are, I mean, that's the, the parables, the rich man Lazarus, the sheep and the goats make it very clear this is a salvation issue. Generational transition. We have a baby boomer generation that started this movement and frankly it's had a, you know, by and large had a hard time letting go. You know, there are guys that just, you know, and it's our nature. It's all of our nature. To white knuckle, hang on to the reins. But, but we also have great examples who've done that, who've handed over the reins. And, and, and are we behind on that? Yeah, I think we're behind. I think we need to have more young leaders. Um, you know, Michelle and I hope to be able to raise up leaders here in the region that's that's our goal um loving the lgbtq community you know we've had we've wrestled with that you know for centuries christians have been the the biggest critics and the biggest persecutors of people with this background so naturally they they don't trust us at all you know i mean some do but many don't and 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 we have had to check ourselves and in 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 and ask ourselves how am i dealing with this situation and and in every one of these there's some progress and some way more progress the race relations thank god for our squad they have done a fantastic job bobby and renita have done an amazing job pulling that group together thank you all of you who've been on the squad serving organizing doing things because that's helped us it's helped our whole region and 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 for those that don't understand well why is he praising it so much because because it could have went another direction, you know. It, it, Bobby and and Renita and the and the squad helped things go in a spiritual direction, and helped respond to God, not to the pulls of the world, not to personal pulls. And the, and understand, this is a tricky, this is a tricky thing because there's a lot of emotion, there's a lot of hurt, and there's a lot of fear. And where you have a lot of pain and a lot of fear, it can be very volatile. Uh, political divide, you know, we, we've done Sunday sermons hitting the issue and trying to make sure we have a spiritual perspective, gender equality. I mean, the teachers wrote a massive paper, massive. I think it's over 100 pages. Now, you know, we're trying to figure out how to communicate that more and how to be more accessible in that to just help out people with these issues. It's why I'm doing this series, you know, um, helping the poor, you know, the justice. I mean, we, we, we are focused on this uh we're having a whole conference on it generational transition you know there's a lot of brothers that are heading towards retirement i'm already making plans to i want to raise up somebody to lead metro region i don't think i've if i'm still leading metro region in seven eight years then something went wrong you know uh, i messed and i messed up um loving the lgbq community we've got the strength and weakness ministry that's going all over the world trying to help us in different brothers and sisters with that background trying to help us understand and you know it's it, the reason this all this stuff is why for the last 12 months we've had 22 sermons 
and classes on these subjects. Not all of the subjects, but most of these subjects. Definitely the race stuff, the political stuff, the gender stuff, the helping the poor, all of that, the justice issues. And, and somebody sent me an email the other day asking, can we address the LGBTQT questions? And they're right. Yes, absolutely. We need to address that. We need to, uh, I'm trying to get the speaker to come speak. Um, and this weekend, we have the Let Justice Roll Conference. This, this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And if you can't go to the whole thing, I mean, if you can go to the whole thing, there's going to be powerhouse speakers, scholars, um, experts from our fellowship, but also from a lot of the, the top universities in the country, um, d- addressing very intense subjects about justice, race, poverty, all that kind of stuff. And um, and if you can't do the whole thing, then go at least Friday night to see Fred Gray. I mean, the, such a hero in our nation. And uh, it was great. We, he, I, I, uh, we, I just saw the video clips and everything. It's going to be awesome. So, and of course, you know, we're, we're, we're reaching out. So, and the other thing, the other thing we just got to keep in mind is in our country and in our church, there is a diversity of thought. You know, we, uh, under the old model of leadership, everybody was trying to think exactly like the leader. And we realized that that's, that's not really what Jesus was trying to get people to do. And you could see the diversity just simply in the apostles he chose. You could see the diversity in throughout the scriptures of thought and views and how they work together in God, in the spirit. You know, the fact is we are diverse in different parts of the country, different parts of the world, but we're also one body. And we have to figure out how to get along and how to work with each other and how to love somebody who thinks very differently than than I do, than you do. Um, this is a test. You know that old thing, this is not a test. This is a test. This is a test. It's a test of our spirituality. You know, in 1 Peter uh, 1, he says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. I mean, there's a lot of people suffering grief right now. Um, people who are suffering because they are opening the wounds, they're looking at the wounds and seeing that the wounds never healed from racism, from things happened in their past to them. There's a lot of people that are that are in grief because the church that they thought everybody was so happy and united, they realized that there was a lot of people not happy and a lot of people not united. And that's a shock for some. You know, I mean, everybody has, because we have great hearts, everybody has a good attitude and they just keep plugging in and hanging in there and, and hoping that some change will come around and the change will come around. And this is a watershed moment. It sometimes change has to happen this year, you know, and, or at least needs to get started, you know, and, and I know some of us feel like, gosh, but it seems like everything's changing so fast. It's not really, some of these changes are hundreds of years overdue, you know, but, and, but we are changing. And he says, these have come so that the, 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 so that the proven genuineness of your faith, the, our faith is being tested here. How, how genuine is it? Of greater worth than gold. Okay, what, what the, your faith is so valuable. Don't lose your faith in these issues. Your faith is incredibly valuable. Which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor. You know, it's being refined by fire. We're being refined by fire. 
Okay, we're feeling it. We're feeling the burn, you know, or whatever, that, however that phrase goes. We're feeling the challenge. We're feeling the, the, the tensions. And, and maybe we're feeling some fear. Or maybe we're feeling some anger. Or maybe we're feeling some frustration. Or, you know, the, the, we're being tested. And at the heart of it is our spirituality, our faith in God. That God is in control. And, and, and he's calling us to let ourselves be purified by this. Become more spiritual through this. Don't lose your spirituality. Become more spiritual through this. That's what the squad has been pushing to keep us all spiritually minded through it all. That, 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 that all this may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is real. So when Jesus comes back, he's basically saying, we want Jesus to be happy with us. Good job, Metro. Good job, brother. Good job, sister. Man, you, you held it together spiritually. Verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. That's why we got to still keep our eyes on Jesus, right? I mean, it's not our theme this year, but our theme is in him, which we've got to stay in Jesus, abide in him. We studied that, right? John 15. We want to stay connected to Jesus. That will help us get through all this and be humble, right? Ecclesiastes 7.23. All this I tested by wisdom and I said, I am determined to be wise. But this was beyond me. <laughs> I love this because this is the, the heart of all this. Is I'm trying to be wise. I'm trying to do what Scripture says. So are you. We're, all, we're trying to figure out what's right, what's true, what's best. What does the Bible teach us? And sometimes it's, this is beyond me. I, I, I don't know. I need to get help. I need to get help. And, and, and we want just quick and easy. Tell me what's right. Tell me what's wrong. Tell me what to do, Robert. Tell me what not to do. I get emails asking me, just, can you just tell us? Is this okay? Is that or not okay? No, I can't just tell you. I can't just say stuff. You know, what, what's, what's my motive in this? To help us all get past the test. To help us all pass the test. To help us be on the path of being refined and made more like Jesus and not get snagged by controversial issues. By disputable matters. Oh my goodness, what a tragedy for somebody to lose their faith because of a disputable matter. Now, so we get back to do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. There's three things in here that are very important that we present ourselves to God as one approved. In other words, we're not presenting ourselves as an angry person or as a rebellious person, or as a faithless person, we get ourselves, we, we center ourselves on God. And we present ourselves before God correctly, knowing that he's God and that we're not. A worker who does not need to be ashamed. We don't, we're not out there screaming or yelling or throwing rocks or, or, you know, slandering each other. What is said in the bedroom is heard by God. What is said in the car is heard by God. We don't have to be ashamed of anything, not of our conduct. We, we did what was right. We walked humbly before our Lord, our God, who correctly handles the word of truth. And, and uh, you know, the last, just the last few things I want to say on this is, is we do need to be careful. We need to be really careful about how, you know, we handle scripture, how we handle the word of God that's done accurately. I don't have time to get into detail, but I want to just give you a quick, real quick, just snapshot of what, what goes into this. You know, hermeneutics is, is 
you, you hear this term, it's, it's asking what is the meaning in expressing that. Hermes was the messenger, right? It's expressing, this is what the Bible says, this is, what I, this is the meaning I get out of it. Uh, exegesis, what does it say? What does it actually say? If you translate it directly to English, what does this actually say? And there's all kinds of challenges in that. You know, in Spanish, you say, when you want to know how, some, how old somebody is, you don't say, how old are you? You don't say, que viejo estás? That literally means, man, you are really old. You know, if you want to ask somebody their age, you say, cuantos años tienes? How many years do you have? So you can't just translate, how old are you, to directly to Spanish. You have to understand the meaning behind it which the, the intent and the meaning is to find out someone's age, but you have to ask it very different than you would in English. It doesn't make sense either way. If you say in Spanish, you know, it's, it, you're basically saying, you are really old, if you ask it the way you do in English. And vice versa, if you ask somebody in English, how many years do you have? They look at you like, what are you, from Mars? You know, they, 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 that just doesn't make sense. A biblicist interprets the Bible literally, right? Exactly what it says, word for word. And we think a lot of times that we're biblicists. We're not biblicists. You know, Jesus said, um, well, I actually have a slide for that. No, theological view. What does this tell us about God? What is he communicating? Jeremiah 29, 11, the scripture we all love, we all read, you know, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, right? All this, all the blessings that, that wasn't written to us. That wasn't said to us. That was said to the Jews in exile. That was said to those who were suffering. But then why do we read it? Because it applies to us. Because that meaning, that heart that God showed is the same heart he has for us. So yeah, no, are we the first audience? No. But are we the audience? Yes. I would absolutely argue yes, absolutely. Rules for interpretation of scripture. You have to do a contextual analysis. The purpose, the background, who's he speaking to? What's the time? What's the problem in the background? Why is he saying this? Why is he using that word? Why, why, what are the issues behind this? Exegesis versus eisegesis. Jesus. Okay, everybody says exegesis. It's exegesis. It's not Jesus is not in that. This is, this is what you get out of it and what you put into it. And we got to be careful with eisegesis. You know, sometimes we, we, well, I think this says this. Well, the way I see it is this. Careful with that. First, we got to do good exegesis. What is he saying? And then figure out how that applies to me. Language, Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic. This is tricky. You know, there's a lot of, there's, I don't, even, even, you know, the, people do these word studies and they, they read, oh, the Socrates said this and oh, Philo said that. And, and sometimes that applies, but a lot of times it doesn't. Language evolves. It changes. You know, if I, when I, you know, I would say one of the frequent things I would say when I was young is said, that's bad. Man, that is bad. What did I mean by that? It's not good? No, I meant that it was really cool, right? And that's just in 20-year span, it's changed. Bad before that meant that it wasn't good. Bad today means that it wasn't good. But in that little time period, it meant you're really cool. Nobody says that anymore. But languages evolve and meaning evolves and understanding evolves. Audience, who, when, where, you know, and, and it could be very diverse there. Which, who are they talking to? What are they, you know, who are they addressing? Literary interpretation. You know, is this a poem? Is this history? Because you'll read it very different. The, the, the Genesis chapter 1, it's a poem. And, and you would read a poem different than you would a research paper, right? I mean, it's a, it says, roses are red, violets are blue. Ah, no, no, no. 
I've seen roses that aren't red, and I've seen violets that weren't even actually blue. That'd be stupid. It's a poem, dude. You know, it, 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 so you don't take it literally that way. You have to know how to do that. And what's the difference? Cross-referencing. Being consistent. You know, we know that Acts 2 says, um, you will be saved if you call on the Lord. Okay, so does that mean all I got to do is call on the Lord? How do I know that isn't true? Because a lot of people say that's true. Well, how do I know that? Well, if you just keep reading a few more verses down, when they ask him what to do, they say, he doesn't say call on the Lord. He says, repent and be baptized. Oh, but a lot of people will just go by that one verse. You got to go look at the context. You got to look at, does this jive with all the other scriptures that talk about that? Does this word mean the same thing the others? And who wrote, who used this word? Does Paul, when he uses the word, mean the same thing John when he uses a word? The, all that kind of stuff. Peer review, scholars, commentaries. Looking at other people who are experts and hearing. And you say, whoa, this is a lot. Well, this is why most people don't do this. Because <laughs> it's a lot. It's why it takes Bible nerds like me, like the other teachers. You know, I mean, the flowers are studying and learning and researching. And they're growing in their knowledge. So they can do all this stuff. And that's wonderful. We need guys like that. Not everybody needs to go study Hebrew and Greek, but somebody should. Somebody in the room, when you're tackling scripture, somebody in the room better know the difference and know how these things work or you'll fall. And overall, we just got to pray for wisdom and humility. Wisdom and humility. Because there are a lot of wrong turns to take. Whole denominations are started because somebody was sloppy in this. Because somebody didn't do their work. Didn't do the background check. I've read books about how trying to prove that Phoebe was a deaconess in Romans 16. Tire books, and they're wrong. And it's because, you know, don't have time to go into it, but I researched it, I wrote a paper on it, and their certitude of her being, their certitude, their sureness of her being a deaconess was wrong. Could she have been? Yeah, maybe. But it definitely didn't say that. But they, because they didn't understand Greek, and all the ones that got it wrong... They were people who didn't understand Greek. They didn't understand how Greek works. And so it's easy to make mistakes, right? So that's that's why that's why we, we're looking at all this. To just sometimes just have the humility and say, I don't really know how to do this. And, 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 and understand this. Most of the scriptures we deal with, and definitely all the ones on salvation, they don't require this kind of analysis. They're just, you read it and it's, it's what it says. It's pretty, it's face value is pretty clear, right? You know, everyone who calls in the name, oh, I already shared about this. This is in Acts 2. And we misunderstand that. He's quoting Joel. Joel, did you know that? You know, and he doesn't teach that. It's not, not what he teaches because right after that, he teaches repent and be baptized. Right? So it's definitely there. Um, sorry, I'm having trouble with my slides. And I got to wrap it up here. John 13, 14. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Let me ask you, when's the last time you washed somebody's feet? So are you really a Christian? Are you even a Christian? You call yourself a disciple. He said that we should do this. We should do likewise. So he said you should do this. Why didn't you do it? Then you're not following Jesus. See, that that's that dualistic us and them and right and wrong and I'm right and you're wrong. And you got to know when to apply that kind of thinking and when not to. When to realize, oh, and this is what good study will do. It's like, well, no. How do I know that that's not he meant what he meant? Because you never see it again. Paul never taught it. John Peter didn't teach it. You don't see them doing it. So I guess 
Jesus didn't mean it literally. What did he mean? I think he meant we need to serve each other. And we need to be humble and serve one another. That we see taught again and again and again, right? Um, I'm having trouble with my slides here. So I want to close this out here. Sorry. One second. Gosh. Sorry. So um, rules for interpretation of scriptures. Things that we need to watch out for. Beware of hidden agendas. When you approach the scriptures, you can't have the answer already. And we do that a lot. We do that a lot. It's called proof texting. I want to show that you have to be baptized. So I'm going to go find three scriptures that prove that. That's backwards. So I'm going to look at the scriptures that talk about this and try to find out what they're teaching me. That's the right way. Try to find out what God is showing me. And people do proof texting a lot. They formulate their argument and then they try to find scriptures to back them up. Beware of the cultural lens. We're Americans. We have a certain view of things. Jesus wasn't an American. I heard this lady um, say uh, one time it was a debate. I was in a meeting and it was, it was a debate about language and should Spanish be taught in schools. And she said, well, if Jesus is good enough for my, if English is good enough for my Lord Jesus, then it's good enough for me. Hmm. Beware of cultural lenses. Beware of biases. I'm a male. I have a bias. I'm Church of Christ background, you know, well, International Church of Christ background. That is a certain view. We have a way of seeing things. Um, I grew up poor. I have a way of seeing things. So I've got to be honest. I've got to be self-aware. I've got to be, you know, aware of my weaknesses, my strengths, what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. And that's hard sometimes. That's very hard for us. Overall, just be humble. I know I'm on overtime here, so I'm just trying to wrap it up here. Here we go. This is the end. So... Well, it's like, oh my gosh, Robert, this is you, you, This is so much, this is so confusing. There's so much to this. And, and how is anybody going to know? But I remind you, first of all, that that all the scriptures of salvation and and of what how we need to live, they're clear. They're not, they don't require, you know, everybody to break down everything. There's some scriptures that are difficult and some passages that really need broken down. That's why we need experts and leaders. In Ephesians 4, he says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. He gave these roles. They're from Jesus. They're not, well, the ICLC came up with these roles. No, Jesus came up with these. This is what the apostles appointed. Apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Pastors are elders, by the way. I think we knew that, but just in case. For what? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole new measure, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, to help us all grow up in Jesus, to traverse and handle all these issues and stuff, but to grow up in Jesus. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there, by every wind of teaching, and by cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. We won't be tossed around. There's lots of stuff. Oh my gosh, the internet, YouTube is full of junk. That sounds right. Remember, Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. We've got to be careful. We've got to judge wisely and humility and, and do our work. And it's why he presented people that we can trust to help us who have the expertise, who have the knowledge to help us along. Are you saying that we can't study it on? No, no, study it on your own. But if you're going to study it on your own, go all the way and do it right. That doesn't mean just reading an article on, on the internet and saying, okay, I got it now. 
You know, you, you have to do your homework. You got to do your study. And, and, and the truth is most of us don't have the time for that. And, and we're not supposed to, to have to do that. God speaks very clearly. And, and we just got to watch out. We're not, we're not doing the itchy ears thing, looking for people, having itchy ears to look for people who will say what I want to believe. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, very, in every respect, the mature body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in what? In rightness? No. In love. Which is the overarching theme of the Gospels, the Scriptures. What trumps, which overrides my way, your way, right or wrong. It's love. As each part does its work. So that concludes it. And just remember this. We're all on a spiritual journey. Some of us are farther along. Some of us are farther behind. There's always going to be people ahead of us. And there's always going to be people behind us. There's people that know the Bible way better than I do. And I tend to know the Bible probably because of years and years of biblical training more than most. But I'm not. I'm not the know-it-all. I'm, I'm learning too. And there's things I have learned that I can teach and preach. And I'm just trying to help us all navigate this. But the most important thing we've read tonight is to love each other. To love each other. We're all on the journey together. So let's be gracious, patient, and kind to each other. And we'll figure it out. God will lead us in the right way. So God bless you. That concludes. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com 